So we're going through this series through the book of Philippians, the Christian scriptures. It's a letter called Philippians that the apostle Paul wrote. And we've been talking about the unexpected path to joy. The unexpected path to joy is purpose. We don't always think that. We think it might be something else. But purpose is the unexpected path to joy because purpose gives you passion for life. Purpose gives you meaning for life. Purpose gives you a sense of direction and destiny in this life. I want you to live your purpose. City Church exists so that all people can believe and thrive in Jesus. That's why we're here. And a big part of thriving is living your purpose. You're here and you have incredible gifts, talents, experiences. God made you that way for a reason. And it's for you to be able to live your purpose and make this world a better place. That's how we thrive. And that is the path to joy. That's why we're here. And you cannot find that joy until you discover your purpose and begin to live it out. You can't find that joy until you discover your purpose and begin to live it out. It's true. That's how you thrive. So I want to ask you a question. Are you living a purposeful life? It reminds me of a story when I was a kid. I grew up in California, and my uncle had just a little bit of property outside of the city, and it was a little more country. It's a place that you could own horses, and it was mostly dirt and gravel roads. And in this particular instance, there was a dirt bike, and there was a dirt bike out there, and everybody was riding the dirt bike kind of in a small circle and, and testing it out. Now, where I was in my family, in terms of the cousins, I was the youngest of the oldest cousins and the oldest of the youngest cousins. You know what I'm talking about? Like, just right there in the middle. And so I watched them ride, and I'm like, man, I want to do that. That looks really cool. And so finally, I get my chance to do it. Again, I mentioned this is a real small place. There's not a lot of risk there's a little bit of a garage and a barn that's protected by hay bales. There are hay bales to make sure that nobody went crashing in and going through the wall. At the time, I felt like they were about 30 feet tall when they're probably only about six feet tall. So I get excited, get the helmet on, sit on the bike, and my dad goes, hey, watch out for the hay bales. I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm getting the helmet on, and my uncle, as he's getting me geared up, is like, hey, watch out for the hay bales. And I'm sitting there going, okay, cool. And my cousin's like, hey, John, watch out for the hay bales. Now, what do you think I did? I hit the throttle, boom, eight feet away, ran right into the hay bales. What you focus on determines where you go. That wasn't just for me riding a dirt bike. It's for this life. What we focus on determines where we go. It's how we get a sense of direction for where we're going. And a lot of us, we're focused, right? What we all focus on determines where we go. So what are you focused on? And this affects our sense of purpose. So for some of us, we're focused on money. We say cash rules everything around me, right? I need more money. I need to get more money. And if I get more money, I will be happy finally. But as we're chasing this money, our life starts to lose meaning and purpose, and we become unfulfilled, and sometimes we end up alone. For some of us, we're chasing pleasure. We say, yeah, I'm going to do whatever feels good. That's what I need to do. And so it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, alcohol, drugs, the whole deal, right? And for some of us, we do things that maybe are a little more socially acceptable, that we're addicted to the pleasure of. We're binge-watching Netflix. We're binge-scrolling on Facebook and Instagram. We're binge-gaming. We're doing things to make ourselves feel good, but we're chasing this joy, and we're never satisfied. There's always another high we can get to. 
for some of us, our focus is on success. Now, look, there's nothing wrong with success. But for some of us, it's an unhealthy focus because we put success over everything else. And we go after it. We have to achieve. And it makes us feel good about ourselves. But we have to have the achievement to feel good about ourselves. And sometimes chasing that success can leave us feeling empty. It can leave us going, what's going on in my life? And it can hurt our relationship with God and hurt our relationship with other people in our life. Sometimes our focus is on our past. We obsessed on our past, our pain, our heartbreak, our trauma, and we can't get over it. And so our focus is there as we live our lives and we feel stuck. Where you focus is where you go. And focus impacts our ability to live with purpose and to thrive. So what focus actually helps us live with purpose? Well, the Apostle Paul knows, and he talks about it in this letter to the Philippian people. He planted a church there, and he saw that their focus was in the wrong place. They were focused on all these false teachings and crazy religious rituals. They were no longer focused on living their purpose and finding joy. They weren't focused on what Paul had talked to them about. They weren't focused on Jesus. They were focused on something else. And so he wrote this letter and wrote these words to help them get it right, get clear. This is what he writes. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul's story is an interesting one. He believed decades ago. He writes this after he'd been a follower of Jesus for decades, probably 30 years or so. That's what he was doing. But he's still saying, I've not yet arrived. He still had issues. He was still messy. He's still perfect. He wants to make sure they know that before he starts giving them advice. But then he goes on, and he starts with what not to do. Paul says, don't focus on the past. Don't focus on the past. Forget what's behind. See, backward is not in the direction of Jesus. See, part of, part of our past, if we let it, our past can determine our direction. Our past can determine our direction now, especially if we're looking back towards it. And we don't always know that, but it will determine your direction if you let it. It will. Now, some of you are here thinking, John, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know my life. But I'm telling you, looking back, you cannot go forward. That's just how it works. And your past will determine your direction unless you forget it. And Paul knows because his past was messed up. He did some messed up things. And so he's sharing with them what he learned, not because he's perfect, but because he knows we have to move on from that past. We have to forget it, forget our old lives and look ahead. Okay, you can't drive forward looking through your rearview mirror. I mean, you can, but it's dangerous. And don't try it in our parking lot, okay? Just for liability purposes. That's really important, okay? It's hard to go forward when you're looking backward. Ooh, that's good, y'all. It's hard to go forward when you're looking backward. And so Paul's saying, don't look to your past, that's not going to help you. And when he's talking about forget, he's not just saying, eh, okay, just move on from it. He's not just saying, eh, okay, well, he's saying lose it out of your mind. 
That's what it means. Don't remember it at all. Okay, I'm getting a little older and something that's happened to me more often, especially when my kids are like yelling and going on in the house, is that I forget what I walked into a room to do. Does that happen to anybody else? Okay, and so I walk in the room and I'm like, now why did I come here? And you try to retrace your steps and it doesn't matter. You lost it out of your mind. And no matter how much you try to remember it, it's gone. That's what Paul is saying with forget. He's saying lose your past out of your mind. Now, for some of y'all that might feel like, okay, that sounds real simple and simplistic. That's not really how things work. I'm not Thanos. I can't just snap my hands and change reality or time. But I'm not saying that, right? I'm not saying ignore it. I'm not saying just move on and forget about it. I'm saying deal with it. The only way you can forget it, leave it out of your mind, is you deal with it because time doesn't heal all wounds. Some experiences in life just don't go away. They stick with us unless we deal with our messy past. What we talk about at City Church all the time is find freedom together because we need freedom from that messy past and you cannot get freedom from it alone. You just cannot do it and we all need that freedom. And we try to make it as easy as possible. So we talk about courageously connecting, connecting with other people. Our vision is that everybody would be connected with somebody because you can't find freedom alone. Okay, so what does that sound like, right? What does that look like? It's just finding a group of people that you like and building real relationships. If something goes wrong in your life, who are you gonna text at four in the morning? You need those relationships. You just got volunteered, ma'am. I just want to make sure that you're like, oh, her. That's who I text at four in the morning. Okay, just want to make sure you know that. But these real relationships are what help us deal with our past, that allow us to address the mess and people that can encourage us and call us out. A lot of those connections here at City Church are made in circles, and they're super easy to get into. All right, so Paul tells us what not to do, focus on the past. But next he gives us a to-do. He says, focus on heaven now. Don't look at the past. Focus the head to our destination. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, our destination is heaven. That's where we're going. And he's telling us to look heavenward, to look towards our future, because when you believe, you can have eternal security. You can know where you're going. Your salvation isn't going to get taken away. When you believe, you can focus on that destination in heaven. And that destination, heaven, gives us a sense of purpose, and it gives us a sense of destiny right now. Okay, Paul gives us the analogy of a runner. I'm not much of a runner, but I understand it, right? Runners have real clarity on their direction. Why? Because they know their destination, they know where they're going. It's the finish line. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you know the finish line. And so he's saying that should determine your direction. Okay, when you focus on heaven, you let your destination determine your direction now. Okay, Paul's saying let your destination determine your direction. Let your destination determine your direction. He's helping us because he wants us to experience joy, the joy of living your purpose in this life. And you can do that, you can focus on your purpose when you focus on your destination, because that can determine your direction. He goes on. All of us then, who are mature, should take a, such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. 
Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep our eyes, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Okay, he says, don't focus on the past, do focus on heaven, and he's starting with another do here. Focus on good role models. Focus on people going the right direction. And Paul says, I'm an example, right? And we think, okay, you're messy. You haven't figured it all out. How are you an example? He's not an example because his life is perfect. He's not an example because he has it all together. He's an example because he's going the right direction. He's going in the right direction. He's saying, follow me. I'm on the right path. I'm on the path towards purpose and joy, and I'm experiencing it. I know who God made me to be and what he made me to do. Follow me. Come with me. Not because I have it all figured out, but because I'm going in the right direction. I'm letting my destination determine my direction, and you can too. One of the things that Paul's talking about, because sometimes we don't have Paul around, right? He died thousands of years ago. And sometimes it can be difficult to just focus on heaven. It can feel a little far away in this life. Because life is hard here now. It can feel far away. And so what Paul is recommending is something practical. Spiritual mentors. We call them spiritual mentors. It's somebody who's just a little bit further ahead on their faith journey, who you can look to for the right direction, not because they have it figured out, but because they're going in the right direction and saying, follow me. A spiritual mentor can help your focus as you journey. Now, they're not gonna be perfect, of course not, but they can help give you guidance in going the right direction. They can help you focus on your destination so that your direction now matches. And they can give you guidance, you can ask questions and they can help you go on the right path. And let me say, spiritual mentors are a big part of my faith journey. And so Pastor Brent, you see him up here teaching, but he's not just up here teaching, he's teaching throughout the week, and he's mentoring me. And at some of the most difficult times in my life, he's shown up and he's given me guidance. And one of the darkest times in my life, I was struggling with my sense of worth and well-being. My father-in-law, Bob, came beside me as a spiritual mentor and helped guide me in the right direction. He didn't have it all figured out. He didn't have the answers, but he walked with me and said, follow me because I'm going in the right direction. Don't turn around and look at your past. Look forward toward our destination. That's what he helped me do. I see her right now. Pastor Miriam is here. She's one of my spiritual mentors. She doesn't have all the answers. Right? She probably hugs people too much, right? But she's going in the right direction. I said, that's the direction I want to go. I'll follow her. And so you can have a spiritual mentor. I'd encourage you to do that. Look for those people who are just a little bit ahead who can follow because you need to let your destination determine your direction now. So do find a good spiritual mentor. Don't listen to negative teachings and role models. But Paul continues. For as I've often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Okay, whenever we see the word destruction, I gotta unpack that a little bit because that makes me nervous and I've talked to a lot of people that that makes us a little anxious. Because when we see destruction, we think hell. When we see destruction, we think death. When we see destruction, we think eternal separation from God. And let's be honest, if you've gone to church before or if you've followed people on social media, you may have heard people preach that. 
You may have said destruction means that, but I want to help you because this is a misunderstood thing, and it's been misinterpreted quite a bit of what destruction means. And so we go back to the original language that the Christian scriptures are written in, Greek. And we look at the word in Greek, we can understand it just a little bit better because it gives us a different context. The word in Greek is apolia. The word for destruction is apolia. And it means cut off entirely from what could or should have been. So destruction isn't about death. It's separated from what God has intended and planned for your life. And he has intended and planned very good things. So, when we are experiencing destruction, we're separated from those good things. That's what the word means. It's not death. It's not losing your salvation. It's not a one-way ticket to hell. It's a loss of well-being. It's a loss of the ability to thrive here in this life. When our mind is set on earthly things, we cannot live our purpose. We cannot thrive. We're headed in the direction of destruction. And I know that we don't want to do that. But we don't want to go the opposite way, away from purpose, away from joy, away from our destination. When we focus on the things of the world, that's what it is, and that's what destruction means. So Paul is saying, don't focus on negative role models. Don't focus on negative teachings, because that leads to destruction. Now, this isn't just a problem for 2,000 years ago for the Philippians, right, the people in Philippi, right? Negative teaching... Negative role models is happening now, and it sets our focus going the wrong way. And so let me give you a couple that I've seen. One of the things that I hear really often is, well, all religions are the same. All beliefs are the same, and they all lead to the same place. All roads lead to heaven. That's not what Jesus said. It doesn't matter my opinion. That's not what Jesus said, and that's what I believe. He said, I am the way. Something else that I'm seeing a lot is spiritual leaders, pastors, prominent figures, that call themselves Christians, are espousing so much hate on social media towards the least of these. So much hate toward vulnerable people. That's not what Jesus wants. That's not what Jesus did. And that's not what Jesus commanded us to do. He said, he said, love your neighbor. He said, love your neighbor. And you know what else he said? Just to make sure we don't get it wrong, love your enemy. Even if that's a person that you think is awful and the worst, he said, love them. That's what Jesus told us to do. We can't be espousing this hate. That's false teaching. That's negative role models. Don't listen to those folks. Now, let me make it practical. That's theological. Let me make it practical. Right? For a lot of us, we're experiencing peer pressure, especially our young people. Right? We want to fit in. We want to be a part of something. We want to be popular. We want to be cool. And so we're looking to people who are going in the wrong direction, and that direction is destruction. And so we bully people on social media. We gossip. Maybe we get picked on ourselves, right? And I want to say, if they gossip about other people, they will talk about you. And if you need to do something to be their friend, to be their boyfriend, to be their girlfriend, they're not your friend. That's false teaching, right? That's negative teaching, negative role models that are leading you in the wrong direction. So let your destination determine your direction now. But guess what? The adults aren't immune, y'all. Okay? I counsel with couples all the time who come into my office and their relationship or their marriage is falling apart 
and I got to talk to the men very specifically, and the guys go, I don't know what's going on. I listened to all my buddies, and I followed their advice. <laughs> and then I go, hey, are your buddies happy with their wives? Oh, no, he's been divorced three times. <laughs> hey, is he, is he have a good family? No, his kids hate his guts. He's always at work. You gotta be careful who you listen to because those negative role models with the negative teaching are gonna lead you away from what you want. And these men love their family. They love their wives. They love their fiancés. They love their girlfriends. They love their family. They love their kids. But they're headed towards destruction because they're listening to negative role models and negative teaching. So he's saying, don't follow those people. That's what Paul's trying to tell us to do. Don't focus on negative role models and teaching. Do focus on spiritual mentors who will guide us in the right direction. Don't focus on our past. Do focus on heaven now. Focus on heaven, our destination, because our destination can determine our direction if you let it. Let your destination determine your direction. Now, Paul has one last encouragement for us. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Our citizenship comes completely from our destination. We are citizens of heaven. That's where we're going when we believe, and it speaks to who we are. And so let his version of who you are guide you. You are a masterpiece. You are a co-heir of the kingdom. Everything that belongs to God, that power that he's talking about to bring everything under his control, you're a co-heir of that. You are a child of God adopted into his family and he ain't gonna give you back. That's not how he works. You are beloved. You are beloved. You have more value than you even know. You're priceless because you're a masterpiece and you are loved. If you never feel like you've been loved well, there's a God that loves you and nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that can separate you from that. You are loved. That's who you are as a citizen of heaven. Let your destination determine your direction now because when we know that, we can live our purpose. We can find the joy that we're looking for, but being a citizen isn't just about the rights. It's not just about our identity. Being a citizen comes with responsibility. We're not here on this earth to twiddle our thumbs and wait for Jesus to come back. We're not here to sit in safe churches and watch the world burn around us. We are here to live our purpose and make this world a better place as a part of Jesus's movement. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing. That's the responsibility of being a citizen of heaven. And that's why to thrive, you live your purpose because when you live your purpose, you're serving others and making this a better place. One of our presidents, John F. Kennedy, JFK once said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Let me remix that for the church. Ask not what heaven is doing for you or what heaven has done for you. Ask what you're doing for heaven right now. Because what they've done for you is amazing. It's incredible. It's part of that citizen of heaven. Heaven, the work is done. Jesus already did the work. What are you doing for heaven now? 
Got to live your purpose. Let your destination determine your direction. Figure out who he created you to be and what he created you to do. That's what it means to live your purpose. And Paul gave us some to-dos and to-not-to-dos to do that. To-not-to-dos. I don't know that that's a word, but you guys are with me, right? (laughs) Don't focus on negative teachings and spiritual mentors. Don't focus on negative role models. But he's saying do focus on spiritual mentors that can lead the way. They can say, follow me right now. Don't focus on the past. And I know that your past is painful. I know you might be hurting. I know you might say, but you really don't understand. And I'm saying, you cannot move forward when you're looking backward. You cannot drive forward safely if you're looking in the rearview mirror. That's why the rearview mirror is small and your windshield is big. Don't focus on the past. Do focus on your destination. Heaven, focus on heaven, and that can determine your direction now. Because let me tell you this, if you believe in Jesus, heaven is your destination, and nothing can take that from you. And heaven, heaven isn't what the cartoons say where you wear like, where you have a harp and you're wearing a white robe, probably, okay, maybe not. But what heaven is, I can tell you what it is. It is a place where your fears don't exist. There is no pain. There is no hurt. Every bad thing you've experienced in this life will be gone. There is only love. There's no anxiety. There's no depression. There's no trauma. Jesus has removed it as far away as you can as you get into the glorious body like his now. Heaven is a place you want to be. And that's why that destination can determine our direction now because this life is small compared to eternity. You might get 100 years maybe on this earth. Eternity is a lot longer than that. So when you focus on eternity, the destination, it can give you direction now. And for some of you, you haven't believed in Jesus yet. You're not yet a citizen of heaven, but you can, and it's not hard. You don't have to perform any rituals. You don't have to make yourself good. You don't even have to stop doing the destructive things that you're doing now. You just have to believe. Because Jesus came and was crucified and resurrected so that your sins can be forgiven and you could spend eternity in a perfect place with a loving God. All you have to do is believe. He doesn't make it hard because he loves you. He doesn't make it hard because he wants you to be there with him. He wants us all to be citizens of heaven. Now, everybody bow your heads for a minute. We're going to pray. If you, okay, if you're here and you're trying to figure out this God thing, don't believe until you believe, right? You're asking questions. You're trying to figure it out. You're under no pressure. You can come here for the rest of your life. But I want to tell you, for some of you that don't believe, God is tugging on your heart right now. God is saying, just believe, just believe. Become a citizen of heaven. Look forward to this place of complete hope. Look forward to this place where there's no pain and there's no fear and there's only love. And all you have to do to receive that, all you have to do is just pray, I believe. Jesus, I believe you came, you died, and you were resurrected for me. I believe, Jesus, and then you become a citizen of heaven. You have access to all of those things. Father, I pray that those of us who have already believed, those who are already citizens of heaven, that we don't look to our past, that we don't look to negative teachings and role models, but instead we look toward heaven and the people going that direction, Father. 
Father, let us look toward you because you love us and you tell us who we are. You are everything, Father. Father, and we're going to end with you. Let our destination determine our direction now and we have hope.